Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are wrapping up what has been a very active week in Texas agriculture, and it's all centered around the weather. We've been getting rain in just about every single corner of Texas. Much needed rain with the drought conditions we've had. However, it has come with some downsides in some cases. Some folks have gotten way too much rain. They've seen some flooding. Some folks have gotten severe weather with hail and tornadoes. So it has definitely had a downside, but... It is much needed across all areas of our state. I hope and pray that you've gotten what you need in your corner of Texas. My name's Kerry Martin. I appreciate you joining us for Texas Ag Today. I'm a part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Transpecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We're certainly hoping the Texas Panhandle will continue getting good rains for the rest of the growing season, but there's a lot of celebrating going on right now. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk a little more about our recent weather on Texas Ag Today. Prices for most traditional fertilizers have risen this year, and there are some alternatives, but you should be aware of a few things before you take the plunge. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. We've had plenty of time to evaluate these freeze-damaged, plants in Texas, please join me, John Begno, as we talk about removal, rejuvenating, and replacing landscapes. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We have seen a lot of rain across Texas over the last couple of weeks, and although those storms have brought both good and bad results, most farmers will take the rain over the alternative. James Hunt tells us that's definitely the case up in the panhandle. Having spent the past year or so frustrated by drought conditions throughout much of the region, suddenly the Texas Panhandle has been hit by a lot of rain. Totals for the month to date running well above normal in many places. It's the kind of turnaround that makes our local weather hard to define, even for veteran farmers like Billy Bob Brown. James, I'm putting in my 49th crop this year, and they say in 50 years you should see one normal year, and I, in 49, I... I don't know what a normal year is, but I'd rather be blessed with it being too wet than being too dry. I've experienced both. I guarantee you being wet it's a lot more fun. Indeed it is, especially when farmers get the kind of rains Brown has been getting at his farm near the town of Panhandle. Nothing too intense, just good moisture. We've been blessed, and it's at a good time for a wheat, and uh, we've got some corn that's uh, coming up, some seed milo that's in the ground. But we're waiting right now to plant cotton. Yes, when it comes to his cotton, Brown is caught in that situation where our soil temperatures have gotten stuck in the 50s. You really need a temperature of 62 degrees or better consistently before you put it in the ground. And then coupled with this wet weather, premature planting would really been bad on the seed itself. And here in Carson County, we're looking at coming up to our planting deadline, as a matter of fact, of June 1st. So... Uh, We may have a little bit of a squeeze getting our cotton in this year. 
And for another example of our always challenging weather, Brown says he's waiting to see exactly just how things will turn out for his winter wheat, as some of his crop is showing signs of damage from that late freeze back in April. We're going to leave it and try to put a combine in it and see what we come up with. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. With the price of some fertilizers up more than 40% this year, it makes sense to look at alternatives. But what should you consider before buying? Jessica Domel has some suggestions. Dr. Vanessa Coyer Olson, a forage specialist for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, says one way to deal with high fertilizer prices is to collect soil samples for analysis. It's always best to start with soil analysis instead of just fertilizing blindly. That way you know exactly what you need. Soil analysis is about $12 a sample. A routine soil analysis sent to College Station to the Soil Water Forage Testing Lab will tell you how much nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium is available in your soils. And then based on the information you've given to the lab as far as the forage you are grazing or the forage base you have, whether it's Bermuda grass, Bahia grass, or otherwise, and then how you're using it. So if you're using it for grazing or hay production, they'll give recommendations based on all of that information. Now, their information is based on optimum production and persistence. So people need to understand that the lab is not paid by fertilizer companies or otherwise to make very high recommendations. Their recommendations are optimal for production and persistence of of that specific forage. It does tell you how much is available as well as what is recommended for your production system goals, whether that's hay production or grazing. If the analysis reveals a deficiency that fertilizer may help, there are several non-traditional options that may cost less than traditional methods. For example, you may use animal manure or litter if you live in an area where it's available. Dr. Coyer Olson says manure is an alternative source of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, but you do need to be aware that manure can be highly variable. It will vary from house to house, farm to farm, as far as the nutrient content. And it's typically very high in phosphorus, which for many of our warm season perennial grasses that we're growing for livestock, we don't necessarily need a lot of phosphorus. So they will have to be mindful of that aspect of that as an alternative source. To know the true nutrient content, producers can have any animal manure analyzed at the Texas A&M AgriLife Forage Soil Testing Lab in College Station. If you send them a sample of the litter, they will tell you how many pounds of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium are in a ton of that particular product. That was Dr. Vanessa Coyer Olson. I'm Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Assistance is still available for Texas farmers and ranchers who suffered market losses during the first year of the coronavirus pandemic. Zach Ducheneau, Farm Service Agency Administrator, says aid is still available through the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, or CFAP. CFAP 1, a lot of the producers received a top-up payment for row crops or livestock. CFAP 2 is open. The application period is open and also the pandemic assistance for producers. When the new administration came in, we analyzed the delivery of disaster assistance and we found some gaps. Aquaculture was one of them. Specialty crops was another. Socially disadvantaged producers was another gap that we identified in CFAP and CFAP 2. We paused that and we're working on building a more comprehensive and equitable system of assistance for the reality of the coronavirus pandemic. Producers can apply or modify their CFAP applications on Farmers.gov. 
or by contacting their local Farm Service Agency office. So far, more than 69,000 Texans have been approved for aid through CFAP to offset increased marketing costs associated with the pandemic. There are a lot of agricultural groups in the country, and they don't always agree on everything. But the current situation in the cattle market is something they can agree on. With packers making $900 a head right now, while fed cattle prices struggle to hit $120. Six major ag groups met in Phoenix last week to discuss that topic. The American Farm Bureau, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, the National Farmers Union, RCAF USA, the United States Cattlemen Association and the Livestock Marketing Association met to discuss topics such as packer concentration, price transparency and discovery, packer oversight, Packers and Stockyards Act enforcement, level of captive supply, and packer capacity. Winter storm Uri killed a lot of landscape plants across Texas, and most of those will need to be replaced. Horticulturalist John Begno has some advice for rejuvenating your landscaping from San Angelo. Well, we're finally to that time of year following the deep freeze where we're making decisions. The decisions could be removal of plants that don't look good or maybe dead or not recovering, rejuvenating these plants, possibly by pruning a little bit of fertilizer in rare cases, maybe some water, and then replacing those that we don't think are going to be surviving, first of all, or doing their job. They're not really attractive as a landscape plant. So removal, rejuvenate, replacing are our choices. We're in that evaluation stage. We've had enough time that trees, we see live oaks through this Texas Hill Country that are damaged, and they're finally putting on leaves, and so they are recovering, and we're going to continue watching these types of plants. But you and I have seen a lot of shrubs, for instance, that did not make it through the deep freeze very well and are almost dead or totally dead. Well, those are out. They're not coming back, and we're going to choose to replace them in, in most cases with adapted plants, those that like the soil they're going to be in, like the location, that could be wind, could be rain, could be sunlight, whatever, that, that specific location, and then something that you particularly like. And one of the things we, we sometimes do is we drive around neighborhoods or towns close to where we live and we see plants that have survived and are doing well. And if you have trouble identifying them, you can pull off a leaf sometimes and take them to a garden center. And there are also some apps on the phone. One I like is Seek by iNaturalist, where you can take a picture of the plant and it's very accurate on identifying what it is. And then you can choose to use those plants in your landscape. And then, of course, remember water availability. Long-range forecast for Texas is a little warmer than normal this summer and less water than normal. And guess what? That's not unusual. And so we're going to be selecting plants that match our water availability. Water conservation is still a key and will always be a key in our landscaping. But yes, now, this time of year in May is a great time to remove damaged and dying plants and replace them if you can find them. The nursery industry is challenged right now with replacement inventory. But look at that. It's a great time to redo our landscapes in Texas following the deep freeze. This is John Begno reporting from San Angelo. A deer disease recently found in Texas is serious and hard to control. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And a gene mutation can cause some dogs to be oversensitive to certain medications. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. There's a gene mutation that can cause some dogs to be oversensitive to certain medications and is more common in certain breeds of dogs. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. You may be surprised to know that lots of dogs can have this MDR1 positive gene. In fact, your dog could have this gene and you not even know it. For example, 70% of collies have this gene mutation. And if your dog is a mixed breed dog with some collie DNA in the ancestry, then your dog could be affected. And although collies are the number one breed, a large number of long-haired whippets and Australian shepherds are also affected. Although Shetland sheep dogs can be affected, they are not affected as commonly as collies. McNabb and silken windhounds are commonly affected, but surprisingly few border collies are affected. In general, 10% of the herding breeds and German Shepherds can be MDR1 positive and 5% of mixed breeds. So this is a large number of affected dogs that can be present to some degree in many different mixed breed dogs and could make them susceptible to some medications. And this is the concern. The most common medication to cause toxicity in these dogs is ivermectin. Ivermectin is a common livestock dewormer and many dogs with this gene mutation are poisoned by ingesting livestock dewormer as it falls to the ground when deworming livestock with oral medications. Other medications that can cause issues in these susceptible dogs include some tranquilizers, pain medications, Imodium for diarrhea, other deworming medications, and some drugs used to treat cancer. It is not important for you to know the drugs as your vet will know that. However, it is important for you to test your dog for MDR1 if your dog could have any of these susceptible breeds in their bloodline. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A deer disease recently found in Texas is very serious and hard to control. Jessica Domel takes a closer look in today's wildlife report. To protect the state's free-ranging deer population, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and Texas Animal Health Commission have taken several steps to isolate deer breeding facilities where animals have tested positive for the fatal neurological disease, chronic wasting disease. As we told you yesterday, the facilities in Mason and Matagorda counties will be depopulated after two positive cases were confirmed in white-tailed deer there. Dr. Susan Rollo, state epidemiologist for the Texas Animal Health Commission, says CWD is a difficult disease to control because a deer, elk, or moose may have it for several years, spreading prions in the environment while showing no outward symptoms. It can be anywhere from 18 months up to three and a half years or so. Because of that, it's hard to know that your deer may be incubating CWD until a couple years down the road. And there's no good way to clean up prions in the environment. 
We do require using Clorox bleach, but once it's in the ground, it's you know you can't really bleach the dirt per se. In some cases, we may require in a pen to remove the topsoil. There may be other mitigation things that we do to try to get rid of the prions, but it's really hard to remove those prions from the environment. Locations with a positive case of CWD stay under quarantine for five years. So they're not allowed to put a susceptible species of deer in their pens for five years after removal of the last positive animal. And again, those precautions are required by state officials to protect the wild and captive cervid populations. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw the corn market move higher on Thursday and that pushed cattle prices lower. We'll take a closer look at all of our livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Higher corn prices pressured the cattle complex on Thursday. We ended up closing lower in both live and feeder cattle futures. June live cattle dropping 30 cents to finish at 116.60. August down 25, 119.87. October live cattle down 27 at 124.35. Same story on feeder cattle. The May contract down 82 cents, 135.75. August feeders down a dollar eighty, one fifty one oh seven, with September down a dollar seventy two, one fifty two fifty five. Cash fed cattle market seeing mostly steady money this week. We have reports of sales here in Texas ranging from one nineteen to one nineteen seventy five. Asking prices of the cattle left on the show list this week seem to be at one twenty and higher. Boxed beef continuing to climb, same story each day, with choice up 14 cents. 323.52, select up 207, 301.76. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Cattle in the alleyway means Doug Bass had a sale in Brenham. Let's catch up with old Doug right now. Doug, how did last Friday's sale turn out? Had a good sale, Mr. Larry. We ended up with 832 head of cattle. They're on your weigh-in cows, your thinner or lower-yielding cows bring 22 to 54. Better high-yielding cows bring 58 to 68. Bulls, thinner or lower-yielding bulls bring 59 to 79. Better higher-yielding bulls bring 80 to 98. Pairs, we didn't have but just a few pairs. Pairs bring from 700 to 1,000. Bread cows, had a handful of bread cows, bring from 6 and a quarter to 12.50. One to two weight little over open kids. Your steers bring 162 to 210. Heifers bring 142 to 250. Two to three weight steers bring 135 to 
178, heifers being 128 to 148. Three to four weight steers being 125 to 182, heifers being 110 to 170. Four to five weight steers being 115 to 175, heifers being 105 to 148. Five to six weight steers being a dollar to dollar 53, heifers being 103 to 156. Six to seven weight steers being 97 to 141, heifers being a dollar to a dollar 26. Seven to eight weight steers being 96 to 134, heifers being 85 to 126. And the 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bully yardings being 70 to 118, and your heifer reps being 78 to 98. Well, that was good. What was your count? 832 head. Doug, what do you think about this Friday sale? If it keeps raining like this, uh, we probably won't have much of a sale at all. But we're glad to have the rain, I'll tell you. Tell everybody how to contact you, Doug Bass. Yes, sir. Y'all can call me on my sale, which is 979-877-4454. Or call us there at the office, which is 979-836-3621. Neighbor, that's Doug Bass, Cattleman's Brenham. They'll sell them this Friday, rain or shine. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Larry Marble. Now back over to the futures market where lean hogs closed higher. June up $1.30, dollars July hogs up 215, 113.55. Class 3 milk was slightly higher. May milk up 3 cents, 1896. June milk up 5 at 1835, 100 weight. The cotton market moving lower as we continue to get rain here in Texas. That seems to be all the traders are watching this week. Widespread rains all across most of the state, including the Panhandle and fairly good rains in the Southern Plains. All that pressuring prices lower. July down 139 points, 81.53. The October down 64 at 82.24. December cotton down 38 points, 81.99. The corn market closing higher. Two big factors that we've been watching for many weeks now. Dry conditions in Brazil and China buying U.S. corn. Both of those supporting prices on Thursday with July corn up six and a quarter, six sixty four and a half. September corn up twelve, five seventy nine. December corn up thirteen at five fifty two. The wheat market has been pressured over the last couple of days from the Wheat Quality Council's Hard Winter Wheat Tour. They posted an average yield guess of 58.1 bushels an acre after three days of touring around Kansas, Oklahoma, and Nebraska. That is well above USDA's wheat yield estimate of 52.1 bushels. So that's pushed prices lower. July Kansas City wheat down eight and three quarters, 625 a bushel. July Chicago wheat down four at 675 and a quarter. In the energy markets, June natural gas down two cents, 294. June crude oil down $1.41, $61.95 a barrel. The financial markets higher. The Dow up 193 points, 34089 The Nasdaq up 238, 13538 The S&P 500 up 44 at 4159 That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or dfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.